0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of All war, All, out <laughs> All Out War. Sometimes we make mistakes, but we're gonna keep we're gonna keep rolling with this one. Fair enough. <laughs> On this episode of the podcast. We have a special guest uh, which we will introduce in just a second, but uh before we get to that we wanted to just take care of some stuff and, and uh and Rosie, what's up, man? How are you doing?
1: Doing well, man. Thanks for asking.
0: <laughs> I am struggling right now. Yeah. Oh, you man. haven't had a cook's ear yet. You're right, I haven't, and I should have one. Give me one second. Just killing air time.
1: <sighs> Nothing like a nice ice cold Coke Zero. <laughs> All right. Not sponsored. You're not yourself until you have a Coke Zero. All right, now shall, shall we proceed? We should. Rosie, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Yes. Yeah asking, it's going to be an
0: exciting podcast. I'm really excited about our guest. It is. He 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 uh, he's he's an exciting guy. He's a he's a intelligent man. Yes, I will give him that. And he's probably incredibly handsome. His voice sounds that way. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do
1: you know, man? Oh hey, I got two for you today. Yeah, just cause. All right. <laughs> so the first one. Did you know that George Washington planned on burning down New York City? <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, he should have. He should have. Yeah. Was it occupied by a bunch of redcoats or something? Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's oh. the Battle of Brooklyn. Um, yeah, they lost uh, the they lost some of New York City back in uh, during the Revolutionary War. So one of the plans was just to burn it all down. Wow. Scorched earth policy. He should have. So that Right. I'm
0: with you. I mean, we would never had that. We wouldn't I'm have. Just kidding. We wouldn't have the Knicks. I got some friends that live in New York. Yeah. So. It's still part of our constitutional United States, so
1: I... Yeah, I but like it, yeah, might have saved us a lot of trouble down the road, George, if you hadn't done that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. But Anyways. He did, he did chop down that tree. Oh, yeah. So, here's another story. So, I got told by my dad <laughs> who listens to this <laughs> podcast that... Uh, and my mom does, too, and my aunt and some other people My do. mom listens, too. All right. Well, yeah, my dad said that he enjoys the stories of, like, people from history. Like, oh, hey, did you know this happened person history yeah so there was this guy in london all right in uh the 1600s all 1681 right. they called him whipping tom all right all right yeah. so what this guy would do is he'd run around <laughs> london and he would smack women on the butt <laughs> <laughs> it would have perv he just run around spank him and run away he had a whip though no he just used <laughs> his take, bare hands. just walk up oh, yeah that's assault pew <laughs> they had a serial spanker <laughs> running loose in uh, the 1600s. Oh, what a loser! Yeah, now they have acid attacks. <laughs> I know, right? Should have burned London
0: down too. Should have burned London down too. George should have stopped at New York. He should have kept
1: going across the should've pond. Should burn DC down too, man. The swamp. swamp. We're draining it. Need <laughs> to. That's right. Anyways. Yeah. So there you go. Whippin' Tom. Whippin' and
0: Tom and... Uh, <laughs> and old George. And old Georgie. So there you go. There's two for today. Yeah. Those were good. I like those. Nice, those, man. Those are cool. I, I love Did You Know? It's my favorite segment. Yeah. We could probably just stop the podcast now. Uh, oh, but wait. Hold on. Oh, oh, baby update. Here you go. It's time for the baby update.
2: Okay. So we are now at 20 weeks for like the BB.
0: Twenty weeks. Yeah.
2: Know what that means. Th-
0: that means uh
2: gender reveal. Oh,
0: gender reveal. Oh, but
2: not this week.
0: Oh. Next week. <laughs> next, next week. Next week, gender reveal? Live. Live. <laughs> On all out war. Yes. You will hear next week what what gender is of this imaginary baby that you cannot kill. We're gonna, the oh, we're gonna we're gonna flip a coin. We're gonna we've decided yep. here we're gonna flip a coin. To find out what the gender is going to be.
2: Heads, it's a boy. Yep. Tails, it's also a boy. (laughs) Oh,
0: oh, (laughs) it's a trick coin. No. No, we're going to stick to the... We'll be fair. As a dad of two beautiful daughters, it's worth it having girls. Trust me. So. All right.
2: They've begun sucking their thumb now.
0: In utero.
2: Yes, in utero.
0: Excellent. Okay.
2: And... That are the t- those are the two new things that are going on, so sucking thumb, you can find out what gender it is, and then also a lot more kicking. It uh, has already begun kicking, but now it's very active, wow. so You begin feeling it wiggling about
0: is it more like a like a jin-jitsu, kick, or is it more like just a thumper like I've got good music playing, I'm just kind of tapping my foot like do I suppose that depends no. on the personality. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Yeah. Huh. All right.
2: So there's our update. So there
0: you go. Thank you so much, yeah. Megan, for that baby update. Cool. Yeah. We have a gender coming up, Rosie. Gender coming up. Yeah. We'll,
1: like, we'll reveal it live here so you can hear our reactions. That'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. I know what I want that baby to be. Me too. Yeah.
0: Alive. <laughs> alive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just alive.
1: And uh, maybe maybe week like... 40 we'll find out what race it
0: is (laughs) (laughs) week 40 i don't
1: know oh how long are your pregnancies
2: 50 weeks
1: Uh i've been pregnant for a year
0: (laughs) still don't know what that baby's gonna be oh man it just keeps getting
2: bigger
0: bigger and bigger yeah bigger and bigger anyways all right so you want to jump into this podcast with uh with our special guest yeah all right so sit back grab a coffee and enjoy
3: You're listening to the All Out War podcast.
0: Well, hello, warriors. Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I am in the studio with Rosie, and we have a special guest joining us today, all the way from blaze tv it's nate madden the capitol hill brief you can catch him on all the social medias as well nate how are you man welcome to the podcast
3: doing all right it's uh kind of limping to the barn here but uh glad to be
0: talking to you oh man well we're thankful that you took the time to join us and we really appreciate uh all that you're gonna share with us as we record today so we were uh, talking uh,
3: beforehand uh, yeah i just i just put a one-year-old to bed so uh I'm trying to perk back up with uh, with some caffeine after that, but it's uh, it's been an afternoon. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you survived that uh, putting that baby down. <laughs> that can be crazy. Um, oh man! So how'd you get how'd you get
1: where you are right now with the uh, blaze? Like a little bit of a t- tell us your story, Nate. <laughs> I mean, obviously I know you, but the audience might not. How'd you get into being well? In
3: the, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I finished up the Citadel, not really knowing where I wanted to, uh, you know, where I wanted to end up. I had a degree in political science with a focus on international military policy and another degree in German. And I, uh, had a fellowship at the John Jay Institute. So I, uh, you know, I, I realized somewhere along the that I actually wanted to be a reporter. So when I got back from my grad fellowship, I started filling, I applied for every friggin. I think I sent up, you know, about 300 resumes in the process. Eventually, got a got an answer back from the National Journalism Center. So, the National Journalism Center placed me at Catholic News Service. So I got I cut my teeth in the religious press, and then I ended up doing a for a short time writing religion stories for uh, the Washington Times for a little bit, and then uh, then I started freelancing for Conservative Review. And this is way this is this is back in the early days of CR. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I left journalism for about six months thinking that I, uh, I, when I told what I thought was I actually wanted to, to try NGO work and, and speech writing. So I, I did uh, a brief in of speech writing for an advocacy organization on the, on the subject of international religious freedom. Um, once I was working for uh, really passionate about the subject matter, Realized I don't have the attention span to do single issue advocacy. Right. Um, I, I just don't have the attention span to focus on one single issue day in a day out. Um, so I got, I came back to journalism, uh, where, which fully, fully enables, uh, my, you know, scattershot. shot can, you know, focus throughout any given work day. So from there, I, uh, I got, a, I took a full time job offer conservative review, um, right before the Iowa caucuses in 2016. And I've been, Kind of been off to the races ever since then. You know, since the you know Levin TV happened, and CRTV grew out of that, and CRTV emerged. Now, uh, the congressional correspondent at Blaze Media, and I guess that's the that's the elevator speech on how I ended up doing what I'm doing. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: So, um, so
1: we we know you don't have a lot of time, so we'll just get right into it. I was going to say, so that we usually don't talk a lot of politics, like stuff that's currently going on. But this is, it's a culmination of, and we were talking about this last night, you and I, um, was like, this is, so we're, uh, about impeachment, so maybe the reason we wanted to bring this up is because it's not, it's no longer just like a certain thing that's happening right now, because it's just a culmination of like so many different things that these crazy people are doing, and... um I don't know a lot of people may not understand uh because you we were talking like the difference between and starting an inquiry and all the differences so um could you lay out like what is going on with this impeachment stuff and if there's any chance of like it even going anywhere i don't even know um maybe you can talk about so, it like, yeah just
3: okay so what's happening right now even though Speaker Pelosi calls it a formal impeachment inquiry or whatever, however she wants to dress it up. Um, there's a difference between a preliminary impeachment investigation that the house does and a formal impeachment inquiry, which is authorized by a vote of the whole house, regardless of what you call it and how you dress it up. This is the former. Um, and that's ultimately like what we've got going on. Hmm. Uh, and you, you can look through it. I've written, I've written about it. Uh, you can look at my pieces uh, at, at conservative review about this. Uh, I dive in. There's a really helpful uh, congressional research report from earlier this year that breaks down the process of if you actually want to start the formal impeachment process as has been done before, what you need to do is authorize a formal inquiry with an authorizing resolution that's voted on by the whole house that then instructs, the house judiciary Committee to begin the formal process and really getting past that it gets, it's really procedurally weedy about what the differences are, but there is more deference that's, that's granted in, to an investigation of a formal impeachment inquiry. They can get different things. They can, subpoena you know, different things, they can access different things. There, there's different processes and all that. Um, but ultimately the question is from what we've got now seeing is it's, it's kind of like that episode of, uh, the office, where Michael Scott declares bankruptcy, but he doesn't actually (laughs) declare bankruptcy. He just walks into the office and screams, I declare bankruptcy. And that's pretty much what we saw this week. We saw the impeachment equivalent of that. Um, So whether or not the other two branches are going to play ball and grant the deference of a dressed up uh, impeachment uh, preliminary investigation that's that's been called a formal inquiry without an actual authorizing vote remains to be seen. There's absolutely no reason that the other two branches of the federal government should play ball, uh, short the actual process that we've all grown to know and, and understand—that that is the process. But uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't see the administration willing to play ball. But I mean, we all know that the uh, judicial branch is, at best, on its on its best of days, a complete crapshoot on <laughs> that. Whether or not it's going to make sense, at worst, absolutely insane. So we'll see. So do you, do you
1: think? Uh, so, yeah, th- that's a great breakdown of I know <laughs> everything. I was gonna say uh, when you're that's one of the things you know like the news one the we always hear about like the media politicizing like this is a huge deal and like this means that obviously he did something, um, but really like you just said this there's nothing. It's a big nothing burger. And, you know, it's just uh, beating their chest and not really saying anything. Well, so, the thing that gets me is that
3: I, I've been tracking this, you know, I've been tracking the House Judiciary Committee on, the, on this issue for a few months now. And, and it was at some point over the summer, and Adler said, you know, that we are in effect. It was right, maybe I think, I think it might have been right before they left on August recess, but I've got to go back and check, check the deadline on the story I did. But they said, yeah, like, in effect we're doing an impeachment investigation and that, that, that was news. Yeah. That, that was news for a couple of days. they like, Oh, and Adler says they're doing it. And then he comes out later and uh, somebody else on the, on the committee says, Oh, we're doing an impeachment investigation. And then they actually vote on these, uh, these new committee procedures saying they're for, they're, they're trying to make it look more formal again without an authorizing thing. And then, and then, uh, you know, Oh my gosh. And then somebody else, after they passed the, 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 rule changes on the judiciary committee, says, oh, we are doing an impeachment investigation. So Nancy Pelosi gets up after all this has gone on. And she says her piece. We still haven't had an authorizing vote. She still hasn't uh, committed to putting, putting the issue on the floor because she still wants to protect her freshmen. from, uh, from She wants to be able to protect the freshmen and, and the, the, the endangered moderates from having to go on the record. Mm-hmm. This is all a gigantic dog and pony show, and it's absurd, but it's the exact kind of absurd that we've come to expect, and it would be weird if they actually treated this normally. Right. Let's face it. Well, like, let me ask they've you. They've been trying to impeach the man for whatever they, they, you know. They've been using. They've been throwing everything they can get a hold of to try to impeach the guy for the last for the last two and a half, three years. So everything that's happened is absolutely ridiculous, but not at all surprising.
0: Right? Yeah, I, I feel like um, I remember hearing talks of impeachment like right after he was elected. <laughs> like, yes. like literally uh, the first conversations that I was hearing was, yes. "Yeah, we're gonna. He's impeachable. He's done things wrong." Uh, here's the question I have for you. If it's not, if they're not going by the process that's been laid out by the law and they're kind of just trying to do a dog and pony show, is there a, another angle that they're taking? Is this to to discredit him during the election or is this, uh, something else at stake that they're hoping they'll find or like, they can't be that, well, they could be, I guess that stupid to think that it would actually go through.
3: Well, it doesn't matter if it does. So here's the thing, that, the, the thing to remember. Maybe they actually will get us to the floor and, and vote and, and vote to impeach the press. Maybe they won't. It, what matters is the fact that this is going to be, this is where the ball is going to be, and this is what, where, where all the play is going to be in the House for the next few months as we get closer and closer and closer and closer to the 2020 election. And as we get closer and closer and closer to the, the 2020 actual general election, they're, they're going to continue doing these probes and they're going to continue pulling up every scrap of paper the guy has ever touched, looked at, or breathed on mm-hmm. uh, in, in the hopes that they can, they can find something that'll actually bring the momentum of their own caucus along with them so that they can actually vote on this thing. But even if they don't, it doesn't really matter because, I mean, it, it honestly works out better if they have the question hanging in the air. I mean, what did Republicans learn for, you know, four election cycles after Obamacare is that you never really want to resolve the issue that you want to keep running on.
1: Right. Hmm.
3: So it, it works out better for them if they can if they can stretch this thing out and make it last all the way until no, next November.
1: I mean, those, and, I was going to say, is that kind of the same strategy that they use with this Mueller report? Because... I know it like the, didn't it wrap up six months or so before like the actual investigating ended up like it wrapped up like six months prior to him issuing, you know, like, okay, we're finally done. Here's the report. And they used that to, you know, it, it, they'd have someone leak, you know, from the FBI or the DOJ and they'd leak some little thing that they know that they, that would stay in the news cycle and, um, You know, get everyone riled up for like a week or two. Like, oh, see, they are doing good work and all this stuff, and we need to keep paying them. And I mean, that's kind of what they're doing here. Is they're just this impeachment thing is now the new Mueller report in the sense of Mm -hmm. we just going to keep, like you said, hanging over the head. They're going to get some, you know, leak people to leak information that they shouldn't be leaking. To it's just to like uh, sow doubt. It's opposition research, and they're just doing this. uh, I mean. Is that what you would say? Like they're using taxpayers' money to just do oppo research, right?
3: And, and giving it the gliss of, of legitimate actual national security and concerns by, by just by the fact that this comes from people who very obviously have political animus within the within the intelligence community and with the trappings and, and the sheen of the intelligence community. So mm-hmm. the people who don't know better think that, oh my gosh, this is actually national security a concern. And so that, that's all, I mean, we know the Steele dossier at this point was a complete joke. We didn't realize, you know, people, like, not everybody in conservative land realized it was a complete joke three years ago, <laughs> and so we went through this. And this is very much going to be the, the same, at least at least the same tactic. The difference here is um, there aren't that many Republicans who are buying this right now. Right. I think the only person who's really that vocal about it, at least in the Senate side where it actually matters is Mitt Romney. Right. Um, You know, Ben Sass is kind of saying, well, you know, they're, they're, they're overblowing it on the left. We shouldn't be so quick for circle the wagons on the right, which is a very sassy and answer. Um, (laughs) Richard Burr's being as, as tight-lipped as he usually is about this stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's, we're, we're not seeing the kind of reaction from a lot of Republican land that we saw to the concerns over the steel dossier and, the you know the, the tactical leaks that came out of Spygate and everything else uh, I think it's going to be a lot less effective this time but oddly enough this is the one that they think they, they have the momentum to move on so hmm. um, it makes no sense but then again if things made sense I, I'd be out of a job so right.
0: <laughs> I, I will tell you this from a public perspective uh, I have noticed that this, these impeachment proceedings or talk, all of the talk, whatever you want to call it, has definitely emboldened a lot of my friends that are liberal, uh, just from a social media perspective. They are much more vocal. They are convinced that he is going to be out of the office before the election, and this is all just going to be just their dream come true. So from a you know, political partisan perspective, it definitely seems to be having a,
1: an effect for that base – you know the liberal base. Um, well, I was going to say this. I I know the answer to this, but some people may not be. Oh, I was going to the same
3: time yeah. coming from the right perspective. I, I again, I remember Mitch McConnell going to CPAC and saying we were going to repeal Obamacare, root and branch, and that just that was like high speed chicken feed and everybody's jugular. <laughs> um, and this is I, I hate to break it to the the hardcore impeachment folks and the, and the, and you know the. The, you know like the two or three you know like super hardcore lefties that are actually listening to me right now but right. um everything that you're feeling about impeachment we already went through on the right with obamacare repeal. right yep yeah.
1: well i was gonna say uh, this was my next point that uh i was gonna say um so i know the difference of this but i know that a lot of people that's because i studied political science in school can you lay down the difference so say mm-hmm everything comes to roost they vote uh the house you know votes for on impeachment it goes to the senate the senate all of a sudden gets these you know 30 republicans you know the the unnamed ones that if it did come out they would vote can you explain what impeachment actually is and what the difference between removal of someone in office and what impeachment is for everyone who may not be aware of just the even yeah yeah
3: so it's, it's kind of like indictment and conviction, right? So impeachment you have to think, so the House in this case indicts and the Senate convicts. So the House impeaches and the Senate actually tries conviction and removes from office. Um, and here's the thing, when this goes from, when this goes from the House to the Senate, you know who the two people in charge of the process are going to be? Mm, it- no. Mitch McConnell and John Roberts ah. <laughs> they will be sending that. It is done. It's conducted by the Senate with the chief, with the, the chief justice of the Supreme court presiding. So the two people who are going to be in charge of it, should they send it across the way to the other side of the building, it's going to be Mitch McConnell and John Roberts. <laughs> there will be no one removed from office, even if the house does successfully vote for partisan impeachment at some point before the 2020 election. Um, but yeah, Regardless of whether or not he's impeached, I will eat a baseball cap on this program, and I'll actually drive out. I'll actually drive out to where you are, Rosie, and to verify this, so you guys can verify it. Like some really hardcore old school Howard Stern stuff. I will eat a hat on this program if Donald Trump is actually removed from office by the Senate before 2020.
1: Done. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> we, we can. That we'll we'll do. We'll we'll film it as well. Yeah. So, get, get on two shows. Yeah. All right. It'll so. have to be a DNC hat, though. A MAGA
0: hat. Yeah. Or a, a MAGA, MAGA, MAGA hat. Hat. Whatever yeah, it is, go. it's going to have hot sauce on it.
3: Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> hot sauce. We'll get you Sriracha. You'll be good to go, man. uh So, next question I wanted to talk to you about gun control. What is. Because uh, I've been seeing, I've been keeping up to date with quite a bit of stuff. Like. um I don't know if you're aware of this, but like New York and all these other states have been quietly doing this stuff. I saw this, New York, um, I think they passed a bill to a while ago that uh, they were um, banning body armor of any kind. So you couldn't buy like a bulletproof vest if you're a civilian. And I saw one that they were, Mm. um, they just passed something to do with. Go, the quote-unquote ghost guns, so you couldn't buy eighty percent lowers. Which, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, I'll just say it real quick. Think of an AR fifteen. The part uh, where the where you, the the trigger, for lack of a better term, where the trigger is the bottom part where the magazine goes in. The trigger is that's called the lower. That's the thing that has a serial number, and that part is the only one that has to be registered. You can buy barrels and switch it in and out. So you can an eighty percent lower is a it's sold as a block of metal that is eighty percent complete, so there's no serial number. And then you, uh, someone would buy that; they can mail it to your house. There's no serial number. It's, it's quote unquote untraceable. You drill out a part, a couple things, and now you have a working lower receiver. A working, fully yeah. semi, fully automatic. A semi, fully automatic. <laughs> weighs ten pounds. Uh, yeah. So I was gonna say so. Uh, uh, that was one of the ways that people were, I know in New York or more restrictive States could buy guns and not have the government know about, but what is going on with gun control in general? Those are two more specific things. I'm not sure if you're, if you're aware of those, but what is like going on right now? Because everything's just crazy.
3: So I, I I had to look up this. So I'm not saying anything on a ban in New York. I'm saying that Chuck Schumer wants to, regulate the sales of body armor, which is not surprising whatsoever because he just, if his support for the background check law shows anything, he's not actually in favor of anything that, uh, that's going to help anyone either, you know, cut down on mass murder events or, you know, survive one. So. Right. But uh, let me see about this ghost gun fan right quick. I, again, this is just an area where I've, I've accepted that nothing is going to make sense. Right. Nothing has to make sense. Nothing is going to make sense. So, well, I was
1: going to say just in a very general sense, without even going into those two specific things. I just picked those um, because I, I didn't see anybody talking about them. But like when Beto goes up, what is the like <laughs> what, when he says something like that? Is there <laughs> any? I don't know. I want to. So, like what? Is, or even even the other candidate? Because I'm I'm asking you because. I know that we are both very uh, we're firearm enthusiasts, so we keep up to date with this stuff. So maybe if you could lay it down for some people that may not be aware of other candidates' positions. We hear about Beto and all this stuff, but what is the the climate in the in the you know on the Hill in regards to the gun bans and stuff?
3: So there are very there's no, there's nobody on Capitol Hill who actually wants to pass gun control that will come out and say anything as extreme as what that O'Rourke said. Hmm. There's nobody. And and here's the thing. I wasn't even the first time that he said something like that. That was just the most aggressive way he said it in, in the most public way. Hmm. He was before, you know, so he, he, would, he already had his, his gun confiscation plan out. And I think Biden also, uh, yeah, Booker has a confiscation plan. Biden has a confiscation plan. You know, everybody on the campaign trail has some sort of confiscation plan almost. Uh, I'm not aware of, anybody who's trying to play as a moderate right now on, on the gun issue and and on the democratic side, um, at least nobody who's got my attention. Nobody on Capitol Hill who actually wants to try to pass this stuff is dumb enough to get behind that because they realize what you have to do is you have to find Republicans from places that will, you have to find Republicans who can safely get behind gun control without losing their seats. Um, and even that's kind of tenuous Hmm. and get them to agree and sign off on this stuff and co-sponsor and vote for it, which is a difficult enough task to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, Just because people in this country, you know, guns are in our political DNA. People in this country want to be able to defend themselves against home invaders and rapists and muggers and all enemies foreign and domestic. That's just reality. Uh, And if you're trying to run against that, if you're trying to actually pass legislation against that, you have to fight and target these Republicans who are in the safe seats where they're afraid that they're going to get replaced by a gun control candidate or in their place where people, you know, people, you know, like, you know, New York, New York, and New Jersey Republicans where everybody in your district is already ready, already used to all kinds of obscene, ridiculous draconian gun control. You have to like cherry pick these guys and figure out how you're going to do it there. Um, but the problem is when you have somebody like a better O'Rourke get up and say, hell yeah, we're going to take your AR 15. That scares the crap out of absolutely everybody who might have been in your coalition there. Um, which is exactly what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, right? So the, the we saw the the White House uh, legislative director and the Attorney General get up and they tried to they, they tried to float the legislative package with an idea sheet that that got leaked uh, something similar to the manchin Toomey bill which would just which is not the Democrat background check bill where it's for the Democrat background check bills you know you can't loan a hunting rifle to somebody else without going to an FFL first and getting the uh, getting the background check done whereas <laughs> the manchin Toomey thing only covers uh if you're planning to sell at a gun show or the, you know so it's commercially advertised private sales basically so if you're trying to sell online or if you're trying to sell uh sell private to private at a gun shop at a, at a gun show that's where it expands those and it leaves all the other private transactions out or at least it's supposed to blah 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 so they, you know there's different varying degrees of this stuff but so the the white house plan as part of that would have been consistent with that i got a frosty reception according to reports uh and then trump Basically, I got up and said, "Yeah, you Beddo know, blew the whole thing up. There's no, there's no prospect for passing gun control now. And there's not, you know, because when you get up and you say something that brash and you actually take the mask off and show people, no, this is this is the actual end game here. Out, you know, brazen gun confiscation, the, the outright violation of the Second Amendment. That's really what the end game is here. Which is what you know, firearms enthusiasts and Second Amendment supporters, you know, who spend a lot of time on this stuff. This is what we realize." But you woke up, he inadvertently woke up a lot of people who were otherwise not paying attention to this, and he blew the issue up. Mm. And so Congress has left town for two weeks. Um, the, the entire feeling on this on the Hill was September or bust to begin with. And, you know, you're going to have your folks like your Eric Swalwells and your Chris Murphys who are going to keep trying to push this thing and keep trying to, to push this you know, dead horse carcass with the cart behind it and try to get it over the finish line. It's not going to happen now because of that hell yes statement
1: so that was actually uh, I know like the NRA tweeted out and they said something like the the great you know thanks for the greatest uh, right. the, <laughs> the greatest firearm salesman of the month right. or whatever like that and they had a picture of him
3: yeah air 15 salesman of the month yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: so this like so by him saying something like that it is it, good for us is w- we should feel yeah. more confident now that they actually did reveal themselves yeah. and um, I mean yes. They keep doing this all the time. You know, like with, uh, When
3: someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah, just, right. just believe them. Do them a favor and, and, and take them at face value with, with, when they say something like
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's no
3: reason not to. But yeah, so not only is Beto O'Rourke the, uh, the AR-15 salesman of the month, he's also shot any prospect of Congress actually passing new gun control, all the hell, for, uh, for at least the foreseeable future.
1: Right. So we should be thanking him (laughs) for being so absolutely insane. What Um, was
3: it? Napoleon Bonaparte said, never interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So I was going to say this, maybe on the, excuse me, I know because of work, you actually have to um, watch, I'm assuming, the, the Democrat debates that have happened, the three of them. Um,
3: yeah, there've been three so
1: far. Yeah, I was gonna say I haven't watched any of them because so, <laughs> I I refuse to because I don't have to. I was gonna say what as far as maybe projections. Um, I mean, what a can you break it down for? I, I don't know if how many other people didn't watch it, but who do you see as? I don't know, maybe I don't want to say like you're putting your hat. You know, like this is who I I think is gonna you know get the nomination or anything. But what are we? Um like what what's going on because there's so many different people there's so many things um that people may not know um can you break down maybe you think who has a good shot who doesn't play a little maybe quick betting if you will you know like calling horses and stuff i mean
3: so as it stands right now barring anything that really upsets the field and everybody's momentum this is really this is really a fight that's really heading towards a three-way fight between Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders. Hmm. Uh, the only question is how long else, how long everybody else hangs on, and maybe you know, maybe a dark horse you know, will be able to come out of the pack. You know, maybe Mayor Pete will be able to, you know, to to gallop his way up up to the front of this this horse race. I, I just don't see it happening. Uh,
1: oh, hey, can at I stop? This point. Can I stop you right there? I have one question. Yeah. Since you Always. brought up Mayor Mayor Pete,
2: why are yeah. you gay? <laughs> <laughs> i don't <laughs> did know did you think. have that ready <laughs>
1: yes we did we were getting ready that's why i said hang on a second beforehand play it again
2: why are you good
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah so that,
1: that was we the listeners we're gonna leave all that laughing in because it was awesome and uh but we just had to drop in the that for you. And so I know you'll appreciate that. But I'm sorry. So go back to the. Go back. I hate to bring you back to that. But.
3: So, so here, this is. One thing that I just keep hammering on to everybody is that it, we live in the age of gibberish. None of this has to make sense. And none of the predictions even really have to matter at this point because everything is just. There are no paradigms anymore. Everything's out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, this is. This is ultimately the, the three the three people at the top of the heap right now are, are Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders. I honestly, until we actually start getting in getting in closer to it, some other of the you know some of the other candidates start dropping off of this thing. I cannot predict who's going to actually pull out of this thing. Right. Um, I I ultimately think, just on a gut feeling, it's going to this is going to come down to Joe Biden versus Elizabeth Warren, uh, and I can't. I honestly can't figure out who wins that fight and who's actually a bigger challenge for the president. I see, you know, Joe Biden's in a lot of trouble at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he was already, uh, he was already under a lot of fire for, you know, there were not under fire for it. There's already a lot of concern about the fact that he's a very old presidential candidate. He, <laughs> he seems to have less of a grip on reality and what he's saying with each passing day. And then, of course, you dump this whole Ukraine thing on there.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and right now, everybody wants to keep the focus on Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. But do you honestly believe that if it comes down to a race between Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren, that Elizabeth Warren's team is not going to go in hammer and tongs? It's, especially since anti-corruption, new ethics stuff is is one of her it's one of her main planks. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go in hammer and tongs against just Hunter Biden's. Deals in, in the Ukraine and Hunter Biden's deals in China and everything else, and Joe Biden's actions with the Burisma case. Now, mm-hmm. she's got all the ammo that she needs to knock him off. When it comes to a head-to-head race. Right. Um, yeah. Ultimately, I, I just don't see her doing that well in a general. Right. Yeah. I mean, would she like
1: the only thing that she has like going for? Her, would she? It would be I'm a less corrupt. Um, hillary clinton like so if all the i mean is <laughs> right. that really what she's going for is like i'm not hillary yeah. clinton but i'm a white woman that can you know is gonna stand up to trump or something like that like is that i don't, I don't see anything else that's... i know there's nothing there i mean I, i'm okay, sorry she's not answer, white so, yeah, she's native american but... she is native american so... <laughs> so she's got that to
3: run from you know she so she's got her you know so i'm actually no, so, so i'm you know, middle-aged white lady who's way who's outwardly more liberal than Hillary Clinton. Let's face it. Let's, let's look at her Wall Street plan. Let's let's look at her actual uh, the, the draconian things inside of her ethics plan. Let's look, look at the, the fact that she supports you know outright socialist health care. I mean, the entire Democratic field supports socialist health care at this point. But yeah. you know, kind of keep in there. I, I just don't know if a more liberal Hillary Clinton is going to actually motivate people to get out to, to, to get out and vote. I, I just don't see it happening
0: dude you just need to sit down and have a beer with her that's
3: all you need a really a really get... awkward beer in her kitchen <laughs>
1: <laughs> right yeah and then she'd thank you for stopping by thank you for coming to everyone the house have here. a really
3: awkward beer with liz warren actually that's yeah. You know, that might be yeah you know, if they just owned it at this point i'd have a lot more respect like i'd love to see the ads like i have an awkward beer with elizabeth warren like, right, no, that's yeah, right right at least you acknowledge it you, know, yeah. you can be real at that point but anyway
0: well she needs uh, to she needs to, to invite like the chief of the Cherokee Nation and and just do a, a smoke have a, a peace pipe have a beer, in a wigwam or have a beer with him and like you know bury the
1: hatchet so to speak. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or know? maybe actually physically bury a hatchet we don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right.
1: That, that's what her uh relatives most likely were doing <laughs> back then. Uh, we, oh my gosh. I'm just being honest. But hey, uh, so I was going to ask this um while we're talking about this because this I, we were talking about this again, you know, off air. What is up with conservatives and Tulsi Gabbard? What is up? I, I don't understand it. Other than so, she's hot, I, and I'll yeah, admit that she's hot. Yeah.
3: So the ones that I've seen is it's more the libertarians that I've noticed that are fascinated with Tulsi Gabbard simply because she, she has the she has a non-interventionist foreign policy bent, mm-hmm. and I think that that, that for, for me that. that that's basically the extent of what I can tell has been the appeal there because you look at literally everything else. The woman believes it. It's not conservative or libertarian, right. you know, and she got some street cred because she got attacked for some prior, she got attacked for prior positions on, uh, you know, on some social conservative issues or at least her dad's positions. I can't even remember exactly what it is at this point. It's been, you know, I feel like I'm aging in dog years, right. but, uh, but, and she also has, so she's also uh, taken a stance against uh, third trimester abortion. She's taken a stance, she's taken stances stance against cancel culture and for free speech, which is enough yeah. to generate, you know, yeah. like, if you do that as somebody on the left, you will generate miles and years of infatuation on the right. Um, because, I don't know what the hell is wrong with us. <laughs> we, we do that. And we fawn over these people. Let's, let's face it, like, they, they, these are not, like we would roast, okay, you know, yeah, any, any, you know, we would roast people on the right for having the same policy positions, but because she's a registered Democrat coming from the left on this thing, is, and everybody gets so gosh dang starry eyed. Well, I can anyway, I can I, I tell you out. that I can <laughs> say
0: this. she doesn't sound she doesn't sound nearly as loony as Bernie or as Biden she or does. as Warren. I mean, she sounds much. She more, yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons they were keeping her off of the platform for the debates because they yeah, know. Also, yeah, I think they know she'll get traction.
3: She, what, so I don't know if she'll get traction or not. Um, I, I, I think that those are the things that are gonna that are ultimately gonna hurt her in this, this rush to the left that this uh, this primary has been. Mm-hmm. But one well, thing that's really struck me, I was saying this, uh, I was saying this to Rosie last night. When we were playing poker. It was you know the, when we were driving, my family we were driving to uh, Florida for vacation during the August recess. One thing I noticed as we're passing through the Columbia South Carolina area is just how many billboards the Gabbard campaign has bought around Fort Jackson. Hmm. And I have to assume that they've done the same thing probably around Shaw Air Force Base and probably around, uh, probably around Paris Island in South Carolina.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I just don't know, you know, maybe that's going to be her, her point where they realize like, okay, we, we couldn't win South Carolina even with a massive military population. Maybe that's going to be her exit. But uh, I just don't see her holding on. That, that's the longest I think she
0: she's going to hold on to this thing mm-hmm. hmm. yeah well there is just uh, yeah the, the the libertarians are are kind of excited about her because i think a lot of libertarians at heart are still very liberal
1: well yeah, yeah. And I, I was going to say like what you said about uh i mean we saw let's be honest with the with the 2016 election trump he had all these I don't know, I heard it, the best thing was displaced lefties that were like, the, the you <laughs> right. know, they were left of center, I would say some of them are pretty, pretty liberal and then all of a sudden, like what you said, the rush to the left, all of a sudden the candidates are like way, like openly socialist, and so you have all these people that are literally anywhere to the, you know, one step over all the bodies <laughs> you know, of Mao Zedong that he left in his wake Um you know, anyone to the right of Mao is now seen as, like, on our side. So we get these people, yeah, where she's like, hey, we shouldn't kill babies um, in the third trimester, but we should still be able to kill babies up until then. And every right. these conservatives are like, yeah, she's pro-life, you know? <laughs> it's so crazy to see. And, uh, yeah, I I don't understand. Well, it. I think it, – it, Trump I mean if you remember Trump before
0: he was president he was a liberal
1: yeah
0: I mean that's what that's what blows me away about all these people that are like he's the best conservative president we ever had well go back and remember him from the like I'm old enough to remember him in the 80s and who he aligned himself with who he said he would vote for you know and uh I think what happened was is he just went just to the left a little bit of center just a little bit and and then that forced everyone else against him to go that much further away so they couldn't be seen to be close like him at all because he's so he was so polarizing for them
1: Hmm. well i mean he's obviously and i'll say like nate uh since i know where you stand on i would say we're both pretty traditional conservatives and Hello. Most aspects. I'm, I'm here too. I'm a, I'm a traditional conservative. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm talking to, I'm trying to bring Nate back in a conversation. Yeah. But I was going to say uh, the whole thing about Trump was that he, a lot of people, and I don't know where you were, Nate, and you don't have to say whether, uh, whatever. But, you know, Trump, like, just, it seemed like during his campaign, conservative people were telling him, like, say this. <laughs> Because this is what conservatives believe, but you don't understand anything right. of like how to implement that. Right. Like, we don't like forever wars and going to die for other right. countries. So just say this and then don't worry about how you actually implement that or anything like that. So, but he's, you're not
3: actually going to implement this because.
1: Yeah, he doesn't know how to. <laughs> and he keeps firing everyone. But he has been. I was going to say the thing about Trump, is, which I doubt Tulsi Gabbard would do, or any. Even Joe Biden, who seems. He, at the beginning of the race, he seemed like he was the most moderate. Yeah. Out of the big names, is Trump eventually started doing conservative things? So that's why we say he's a conservative, or at least he does conservative things now. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, it's I don't see anyone else doing that, and I don't see Tulsi doing that. But, anyways, Nate, I know we you had to run. Um, so I will. Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to say or talk about or?
3: Um, Yeah, I gotta gotta head out But, uh, you know, if you want to keep up with uh, My Capitol Hill coverage Minute by minute, follow me at Nate on the Hill Uh, Otherwise, look for me on Blaze TV The Blaze and Conservative Review Yeah, and I was gonna say
1: uh, And Nate sends out a uh, uh, We'll put a link Because you send out, uh, which I I Subscribe to, an email list That sends out all the reports of the day And stuff like that, because I know we didn't get to talk about All this other stuff, but Obviously, you're on the Hill every day, and you work, you know, keep up with this stuff. There's so much more stuff that happens in uh, on the Hill that bills that get passed all the time that nobody really knows about. So, um, yeah. yeah, follow Nate uh, if you um, want to keep up to date with stuff that actually might
3: <laughs> might impact you. Matter, yeah. Right. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks so much, dude. Thank you, Nate. We appreciate it, buddy. God bless thank you, care. man.
3: You
0: too. Well, there you go. That's our buddy Nate on the Capitol Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Capitol Hill correspondent for Blaze TV. Blaze Media. Blaze Media. All of that. Yeah. All the above. Dude, I wish we could have had him on for a little bit longer. Yeah. Obviously. He's got a
1: new baby. He's got so. the,
0: got the fams, gotta take care of his family. But we get that. That's cool. You know, I was when we were talking about the impeachment at the very beginning when we had when we were talking to him there, I it just made me think of you said it's a big nothing burger. Yeah. And um I just was thinking about how much I hate that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Rosie, seriously. Why are you
2: gay? <laughs> you know, man, it
1: was the way I was born. No one would choose this. No no one would choose this. Maybe it's because you're (laughs) smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. That is true.
0: Or (laughs) Or not. We're just trying
1: to jam in all that. We had to get that one in (laughs) at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Every episode. We have to get it in every episode. Then we'll find a new one in 2020. Yeah.
1: So that'll be good. But we're also going to use that one in (laughs) 2020. Eventually. But we did implement a new one. We did. Which is. Why are you gay? which is so funny <laughs> i think that is the funniest thing ever we should probably
0: let people know there is an actual youtube that's an act from an actual interview where somebody was interviewing a homosexual <laughs> and he literally the first question he asked him was that
1: yeah like it starts off and he's like we have it's i'm not gonna yeah Anyways. i'm not gonna do it but right. the accent because i will get in trouble oh right probably but uh yeah so he's interviewing this uh, gay person and he and he's like, we are here with so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. And he just turns and go, why are you gay? Um, oh, man. It's a great interview it, if uh, you don't get offended. It's right. very funny.
0: It is. Dude, so. Nate's awesome too, man. I hope we can get him back on again, um, maybe closer to the election in 2020 or something yes. like that. Um, and I, I enjoyed watching his coverage of the midterm. He <laughs> did, Yeah, It was like a live feed. on. Yeah. on it was him and Michelle Malkin and yeah. uh i watched that on the blaze because i have a blaze account which yeah. our listeners should go and support blaze or you don't have to don't <laughs> we're
1: not, uh, <laughs> we're not are, sponsored we're by not them, sponsored by them so <laughs> you don't don't you don't have to do that i'm sorry but it's a, it's a bad habit of mine to just support people i like you can support them if you like yeah our past like john miller has a show he does nate has a show <laughs> wow. it's not as regular it's not daily but right um yeah he does but do they got some great people over he writes there. a lot they do yeah, yeah. dude
0: so, that, so was a, that was a good one
1: yeah it was a good one
0: well we hope you learned something today warriors you need to know your your uh, political uh
1: systems you need to learn some of the stuff
0: about it right there's a lot more than just the uh, you know schoolhouse rock versions <laughs> that you might have heard so
1: although those are probably i bet if we rewatch those they're probably really good oh yeah i'm sure they're really good yeah, I mean, I learned how to eat well. I hanker
0: for a hunker, a slice of sliver chunka. I hanker for a slice of cheese. Du, du, du. That's what I remember.
1: Oh, I never, I'm, I grew up overseas, so we eat, didn't, eat. I grew up with different, uh, right. We are not learning about how the American government worked, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, right. I'm just a Bill. I do remember that, but. that Remember that old Bill? He'd, like, yeah. walk
0: around. People were mad at him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: calm down. Yeah, back when, uh, the american public education system actually tried to teach people how the systems and yeah um government that we have which is not a democracy right it is a constitutional republic How our our republic actually functions right so that's why we have the
0: electoral college because that's part of that whole republic you know
1: yeah not being a democracy right exactly right Which the idiot socialist
0: Democrats want to get rid of because they keep losing because they're idiot Democrat socialists that nobody believes in because Americans, America, they like their freedom.
1: Yes. Anyways. So anyways, yeah, we uh, hope that you, Nate is super knowledgeable. Yeah. And he knows a ton of stuff. So um, go follow him. He's always... Keeping up, like I, I, look through his feed and I'm like, oh my god, they're getting away with this, <laughs> or they're <laughs> no. doing this, or, you know, there's, a, it's a reminder that there is, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that happens, daily, yeah, in the government. I know that we don't even will affect you. Yeah, that no one cares about because it's not, it's not, um, MSM won't cover it. They won't touch it. They won't talk
0: about. it. Yeah, because it's not sexy. Right. You know, it's,
1: it doesn't have to do with Trump, but uh,
0: yeah, and it's not trying. It's not. I mean. It's not going to cover up their pedo things that they're trying <laughs> yeah. to, you know, when we were talking about gun control, I wish I would have asked him about Dan, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. Because you have some interesting thoughts on that guy. And, um, I was kind of infatuated with him, you know? Um, and then, and then I saw him supporting those, those, red, the red, red flag bill, red flag bill. And I was red flag,
1: oh, yeah, really I was
0: disappointed and and he got called out on that. And he tried to explain it away, but, but I still think there's some good in that guy. Yeah. You know, I, I like him but I should have asked him about him. Anyways, next time. Next time. And until next time. Oh yeah. Okay, warriors. we're
1: here. <laughs> All right, man.
0: Yeah. It's been a great episode. It has been a
1: great episode.
0: We will catch you
1: next time on All Out War. Stay hydrated and don't forget to drink your water. <laughs> That's
0: right.
3: <laughs> Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us, or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.